calculators were banned for a while, then instructors came to embrace them and instead of forbidding them, started teaching how to use them effectively. I think that ChatGPT and other conversational AI tools have the chance to become a new and accepted tool like calculators, like the internet. I'm Salisa Steele. I'm Jeff Cobb, and this is the Leading Learning Podcast. Welcome to episode 341 of the Leading Learning Podcast. We've talked about artificial intelligence many times before on the podcast, and today we want to dig in again, this time with a narrower focus, a focus on chat GPT. Yeah, and this is fascinating, and we believe truly revolutionary stuff. So let's start by talking about what ChatGPT is and how it works. ChatGPT is a large language model trained by OpenAI. It uses machine learning techniques to generate human-like text based on a given prompt or conversation. Essentially, it can hold a natural conversation with a human, just like we are doing right now. And by the way, GPT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. And ChatGPT, which was launched on November 30th, 2022, is built on top of the most recent generation of GPT, GPT GPT-3. The addition of a familiar chat interface to GPT-3 was intended to make it much more user-friendly for the average person who may still feel pretty daunted by the prospect of using AI. And that seems to have really worked. In the five days following the launch, more than a million users signed up. More than a million users in five days. And then two million users in 10 days, which I find truly astonishing. And we do encourage you, dear listener, if you haven't already, to go and sign up for an account. It's free to do that, at least for now. And then you'll be able to engage in some experiential learning and try chat GPT for yourself. In the show notes at leadinglearning.com slash episode 341, you'll find a link to where you can sign up as well as the show notes for this episode and some other related resources. And I'll note that a few times recently when I've gone to use it, it's said that it's basically not accessible because so many people are using it. It's full up, but still definitely do check it out. If you haven't yet, take the time to wait to, to get in if you have to. As you mentioned, Salisa, It's free currently during what OpenAI is calling the research preview, but that's almost certain to change. To get a little more into how it works, you access it online and you type in a prompt, and that could be a a question, it could be a request, and ChatGPT responds pretty much immediately, and then you can respond to its response so that that conversation starts to happen. And to support that conversational feel, ChatGPT remembers what you said or actually typed earlier in the conversation, and that allows you to provide follow-up corrections that can then inform the future responses from ChatGPT. So that's what ChatGPT is. Now let's talk about what it might mean for learning and learning businesses. ChatGPT is already used in a number of educational settings. For example, some universities are using it to create personalized study plans for students based on their goals and learning styles. Others are using it as a tutor, providing students with instant feedback and support as they work through online course materials. 
There are also companies that are using chat GPT to create personalized learning experiences for professional development and continuing education. These programs can be tailored to the specific needs and goals of the individual learner, and they can be accessed anytime, anywhere. The ability to create personalized learning experiences that are tailored to the needs and goals of the individual learner has the potential to significantly improve the effectiveness of continuing education and professional development programs. But ChatGPT also has the potential to democratize access to education and training. By providing instant feedback and support, ChatGPT can help learners overcome roadblocks and stay motivated as they work towards their goals. I think something that's really interesting is that ChatGPT could serve as an AI-driven coach. And you and Jim Louis Salisa talked about coaching and learning in a recent episode. Something like ChatGPT could make coaching more affordable and accessible. So, you know, not just for the high-paid executives anymore. And there are already a number of AI-based coaching programs out there like Cultivate and Edthena, and we'll be sure to link to those in the show notes. That's really interesting. ChatGPT has the potential to not only improve the quality of lifelong learning and professional development, but also make it more accessible to a wider range of people. So ChatGPT is already being used in some learning situations. And in fact, I'll note that our high school student uh, recently shared at dinner that his school has blocked the site on the school internet. So now let's talk about some of the other applications and implications of ChatGPT. And I think there are two clear areas where this technology has implications. It has implications for learners and it has implications for those providing the learning. For learners, it can help them solve problems and complete assignments. You can type in, say, math-based word problems and ChatGPT can solve those. It can troubleshoot computer code. And uses like that are consistent with what we've already said about coaching and, and personalized learning. It also means that potentially the value of assignments like write 500 words about effective leadership or word-based math problems, like what you just mentioned, Jeff, or kind of anything along those lines, the value of those kinds of assignments could radically change. A learner could simply copy and paste a chat GPT response and use it as a short essay. Uh, maybe they'll make a few minor edits, maybe you know include some nods to things that were talked about in a particular course. Or someone could also take the answer that chat GPT gives to a word problem and use that answer without really understanding the operations that went into solving the problem. Definitely. And there's the potential for, for cheating or misuse. But this reminds me of the, the hubbub about calculators in math class way back. Calculators were banned for a while. Then instructors came to embrace them and instead of forbidding them, started teaching how to use them effectively. I think that ChatGPT and other conversational AI tools have the chance to become a new and accepted tool like calculators, like the internet. As someone who listens to the Leading Learning Podcast, you should know about the Leading Learning Newsletter, which you can subscribe to at leadinglearning.com slash inbox. 
The newsletter is Inbox Intelligence for learning businesses and helps you understand the latest technology, marketing, and learning trends and grow your learning business. Best of all, it's a free resource. As a subscriber, you get leading links, our monthly curated collection of resources to help you grow the reach, revenue, and impact of your learning business, the Podcast Digest, a monthly summary of podcast episodes released during the previous month, plus periodic announcements highlighting leading learning webinars and other educational opportunities designed to benefit learning business professionals. Subscribe for free at leadinglearning.com inbox. And if you're already subscribed, point a colleague to leadinglearning.com inbox. So ChatGPT clearly can serve a purpose for learners, and a lot comes down currently to the learner's ethics in terms of whether that purpose is getting out of work or actually supporting learning. On the learning business side, ChatGPT also has clear uses. ChatGPT could radically change how learning businesses make use of subject matter experts, for example, and how those learning businesses interact with those SMEs. I can imagine a staff member, an instructional designer, for example, using ChatGPT to come up with an initial list of essential things learners need to know about recognizing signs of dementia or about effective written communication. And then that list could be turned over to a SME for validation and refinement. Or vice versa. Use the human SME to get the list of essential topical areas and then have ChatGPT produce content on those areas. Or both. Right. And, and something similar could be done with assessments. You could use ChatGPT to generate questions to ask learners or ask it about ideas for assignments. And in fact, I tried both of those with ChatGPT before we sat down to record and ChatGPT readily gave me 10 questions about diabetes when I asked. So it returned things like, what are the complications of diabetes? How is diabetes treated? Can diabetes be prevented? What new technologies are available for diabetes management? And then when I asked, what would be a good assignment to give someone who needs to learn more about how to prevent diabetes? It readily gave me six ideas, and I'll just share a few of them here. One was research the risk factors for type 2 diabetes and create a list of lifestyle changes that can help reduce the risk of developing the disease. Uh, that was one. Another one was write an informational leaflet about the link between diet and diabetes prevention. This could include information about the role of different types of food, such as carbohydrates, fats, and proteins in blood sugar control, as well as tips for healthy eating and meal planning. It also gave this suggestion around create a plan for increasing physical activity in order to prevent diabetes. This could include finding fun ways to be more active, setting goals, and tracking progress. You know, and I mean, none of that's earth shattering. If you're already an expert in this, then you know that stuff. But that's kind of the point. It's pretty impressive for AI to be coming up with this based on your you know, providing it with these prompts and, and, and basically giving a direction on what you want. And as you might expect, we're now seeing the emergence of e-learning authoring tools that are AI based and will no doubt automate and improve on that more manual effort that you just described, Salisa. So for example, knowledge, which is spelt N-O-L-E-J, is one that we're going to be checking out and we'll be sure to, to link to that in the show notes. 
But of course, educational content is not all that ChatGPT will be used for. Learning businesses also have marketing needs and ChatGPT can really help there as well. Yeah, definitely. It could, for example, write drafts of course descriptions or conference session descriptions, or it could help with titles for blog posts or email subject lines or social media posts. And again, I tried out these kinds of uh, activities in ChatGPT. I used as my prompt, in one case, give me some title ideas for a blog post about using ChatGPT to support lifelong learning. And then this is what it spit back out. W one was ChatGPT, a lifelong learning companion. Another was revolutionizing education with ChatGPT, leveraging ChatGPT for self-directed learning, continuous learning with ChatGPT. And then the last one I'll share is using ChatGPT to enhance your learning journey. And so for learning businesses that, you know, need to feed the content machine to attract users to their site, which, you know, so many of us need to do, this really can be a, a game changer. I mean, it's something we're taking a very close look at right now. We've already got a license to Jasper.ai, which is, you know, one of the platforms out there that's leveraging GPT and, and now chat GPT to really give you the ability to create both short form and long form content. And you know, we're in a specialized enough area, as many of our listeners are, where we're not expecting Jasper or ChatGPT to, to turn out exactly what we need. But as we've already been sort of suggesting along the way here, to turn out content that's a, a starting point or to help you clarify your thoughts and then turn out some content that you can build off of, that can really accelerate, you know, the, the pace at which you're able to produce content. And as long as you're providing your own lens to it and bringing your own perspective and your expertise to it, it's still going to be, you know, authoritative, expert-driven, trustworthy content that you're producing. You're just able to produce it much faster and in a much more, you know, hopefully targeted way as you're really providing the parameters that the AI can use in, in helping you to develop that content. I think it's pretty clear that we're excited about ChatGPT. I know I certainly am. <laughs> I mean, I feel like this is the tipping point on AI that we've been waiting for. I mean, we've been talking about this for years, but I think it's just been out of the reach of the ordinary person up until now. And I think that this, this can and will radically change how we learn and, and how we live. But of course, as with so many things, it's not 100% clear that ChatGPT will only lead to good things. There are some serious concerns about ChatGPT, so we should be sure to touch on those as well. One concern is the potential for ChatGPT to perpetuate existing biases. If the data used to train the model contains biased language or information, ChatGPT may reproduce and amplify those biases in its responses. This could have negative consequences for marginalized groups who may be disadvantaged or discriminated against as a result. Yeah, and in a similar vein, ChatGPT can be used or rather misused for creating and spreading misinformation or information that's just simply wrong. And unfortunately, ChatGPT can do that with even greater scale and speed than what we've already seen happening in this area. And that, of course, can lead to what we would call mislearning or learning what really isn't totally valid or true. 
And that's something organizations are really going to have to be attuned to. Ezra Klein talked about ChatGPT in a recent episode of his podcast, and we'll be sure to link to that episode in the show notes at leadinglearning.com slash episode 341. GPT, and really AI in general, is just not yet very competent at determining the truth of content. So to the extent that learning businesses and their SMEs do leverage something like ChatGPT to generate content, there's going to be an ethical obligation to assess the validity of that content. And then another concern is around cost and uh, therefore accessibility down the road. Currently, this is free, but it won't remain that way. And when it's not free, then we'll get into a haves and haves not situation. When we first started talking, we mentioned that ChatGPT also has the potential to democratize access to education, but that democratizing potential will be undercut depending on the costs. Another ethical consideration is the potential for ChatGPT to replace human instructors or tutors. While ChatGPT can provide instant feedback and support, it may not be able to fully replicate the nuanced and empathetic interactions that a human instructor can provide. This could have implications for the employment of educators and raises questions about the appropriate role of AI in education. And this may be a good place to come clean and share that part of what we've said so far in this conversation has been us reading text that GPT actually produced. Right. I played around and asked ChatGPT to produce a podcast script for a show about the implications of ChatGPT on the creation and consumption of lifelong learning, professional development, and continuing education. And we've incorporated some of what it generated into this conversation. And we didn't include anything that we don't feel is true or accurate. And it's only been a small percentage of our overall conversation, probably between 10 and 25% at most. If you're curious to know exactly what content was generated by ChatGPT, then check out the transcript available in the show notes at leadinglearning.com slash episode 341. We've highlighted the content that came from GPT in the PDF transcript available near the top of the show notes. Anyhow, in playing around with ChatGPT to generate a podcast script, it was interesting to see that it could do a reasonable job doing the work that two humans, namely you and me, Salisa, usually do, which gets to that point about replacing human instructors, which, by the way, was one of the ethical considerations that ChatGPT raised when you asked it to talk about the ethical considerations of being used for learning. Finally, we'll mention something that's less of a concern and more of a limitation. ChatGPT has quote, limited knowledge of world and events after 2021, end quote, according to its makers. So it wouldn't be good to use for late breaking stuff. It wouldn't be much help to your learners or your learning business around current events or new discoveries. And in fact, because of that limited knowledge, ChatGPT could return incorrect information. Again, the makers acknowledge that, but it's definitely something to be aware of, particularly if you offer high stakes learning or operate in a field or industry where things change often. Despite those concerns and limitations, we are quite bullish on the possibilities and we're fascinated to see what this kind of easy to use, competent, helpful, quick to respond 
artificial intelligence will mean for how we all learn, work, and live. Definitely. And it's going to evolve rapidly. GTP4 is on the horizon. It won't be that long before it comes out. Um, I think that will open up the the past, the, the post-2021 uh, information. It'll open up the, the internet more broadly. It's going to you know take it to, to even new levels. So our message at this point is simple. Go try it and think about how you can apply it. What could ChatGPT or a similar technology do to improve the reach, the revenue, and the impact of your learning business? So that's our look at ChatGPT and some of the applications and implications for learning businesses. At leadinglearning.com slash episode 341, you'll find a link to access ChatGPT so you can take it for a test drive yourself. And you'll also find the transcript that will show you which parts of this conversation were generated by AI. At leadinglearning.com slash episode 341, you'll also see options for subscribing to the podcast. And if you haven't yet, please do subscribe. Yes, please do, as those subscription numbers give us some visibility into the impact of the podcast. We'd also be grateful if you would take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, especially if you enjoy the show. Salise and I personally appreciate reviews and ratings, and they help the podcast show up when people search for content on leading a learning business. Lastly, please spread the word about leading learning. You can do that in a one-on-one note or conversation with a colleague, or you can do it through social media. In the show notes at leadinglearning.com slash episode 341, you'll find links to connect with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Thanks again, and see you next time on the Leading Learning Podcast. Podcast.